0: Biting, bucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way. This it's, is the way, the way that that it's the
1: way that you
0: It's the way that be, I'm Drew. And I'm Annalisa. And I'm Reese and welcome to, nope, <laughs> this is.
2: Do you say welcome is, to on wait, is this a date? Yeah. Oh, do you want to just say wait, is this a date?
0: This feels fun, I, should we keep this? <laughs> and this is to <laughs> <and> back Generation <laughs> Q edition.
2: Well, we, but we're all supposed to say it.
0: Okay. Do it again. This is, <laughs> and this and is, back. and this
2: is. To Ellenback.
0: To Ellenback, Generation, Generation Q edition. Q edition. edition. Wow, wow, excellent work. We are uh, virtual for the first time this season because it's holidays. And so people are in various places. And uh, yeah, should we talk about the L Word program?
2: Yeah, let's talk about the L Word TV show on this TV sets. Great. Um,
0: (laughs) This is episode 305, Locked Out. It's directed by Nancy Mejia, who has been writing on the show from the beginning and wrote on Vita and then directed an episode of Vita in season two. And now this is her first episode directing on Gen Q. Um, and I just want to shout out Tanya Saracho, who's the showrunner and creator of Vita, because like Nancy Mejia was a first time writer on Vita. So having your first time writer in the second season, only the second season direct an episode is like a very cool thing to do. And now that has allowed, you know, three seasons in for her to direct this episode and also directed an episode of The Shy. So like, I don't know, that's, that's just a cool thing. And I love Vita and I love Tanya Saracho. And then it's written by Melody Derlachan and Nina Kim. Melody has been writing on the show the whole time. We've talked about her many times. And Nina Kim, this is her first episode of television, which is, we love.
2: Amazing. Yeah,
0: personally, like there are things in this episode like that the show's doing that annoy me, but like scene to scene, I thought this was yeah. such a well-written episode and such like a mm-hmm. well-directed episode. And I just was like, I don't know. Like there were just, I feel like there were more jokes that made me laugh. There was, there were more just like, I don't know. I liked it. I liked it. Good work, everyone.
3: <laughs> Great job, everybody. And that's the episode for this week. And that's the episode. episode.
0: <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm saying this because I think even when shows are bad, celebrating the talent that makes them better is like worth it, especially when yes. they are not as, super experienced so that's actually my take (laughs) but um okay so let's like let's get into the episode like go scene by scene maybe and like sort of uh discuss reiterate it it. yeah yeah as we as we go Uh it could be a fun it could be a fun thing to try out this week
2: yeah for me like what i like to do personally is Mm -hmm. i like to watch the whole episode take screen Mm -hmm. caps of every second write a Um, full recap of it with captions uh for every picture i like to take at least three days to do this and then once i'm done with that i like to hop on the podcast yeah. And talk about it scene by scene with both of you. And then that's, share that with the world and then listen to the podcast to give edits on it and then do that.
0: Wow. It's a lot of work yeah. for what episode I think it is. One, do you think that's <laughs> do you think you do more work on each episode <laughs> of the L word than anyone who works on the L word? The,
2: the only way I could find out for sure would be if they hired me to write for the L word.
0: <laughs> that's a really great point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, this episode begins. With Alice and Shane planning on doing one of my favorite pastimes, <laughs> going to a movie. And Alice asks Shane not to be late. So I bet someone... Uh-huh. Uh, I think something might happen. Someone's going to be late.
2: Alice's sweater's cute. Is that the sh- big striped one? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I usually wear less nice clothes to the films, to the cinema, though, because I don't want to get butter popcorn on my, on my clothes. Mm. Don't you think that's Alice's, like, least nice sweater, probably? <laughs> probably yeah i mean as we'll (laughs) discuss apparently she's a huge star who always is impeccably everything so Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and shane is like packing stuff up and you might think it's because she's moving out but it's
0: because patty's moving out yep and um there's a bee and tess is freaking out about it and there's just like incredible cgi bee and (laughs) it chases and how do you know it wasn't a real bee do they use real bees i would imagine not
2: well, I hope if they did, if it was a real bee, that it
0: was gay. Yeah, it's really important that we have gay bees. They put out a casting call that was
3: like,
2: <laughs> queer, please. Oh, if it was a trans bee, but they wa- the character was cis. Like the oh, character wow. of the that's, bee was cis.
0: I mean, that's the next step for bee representation. Really. <laughs> it absolutely
2: is. Yeah, that's, that's like forward thinking. That's like next. That's like the new queer
0: avant-garde. You yeah, know, we're going to get we're going to circle. I've been really like hush about that all season yeah. We're we're circling right. back around <laughs> on two different occasions this episode for me to, oh, for man. Me to talk about this <laughs> Um But basically what it does is it results in Shane and Tess being locked out the title on the balcony and you know what I love this trope Let's every <laughs> give me your blackouts. Give me your <laughs> like uh, uh, you know stuck, I in, an stuck yeah. in an elevator
3: stuck in an elevator yeah it. like yeah. It's,
0: I love I love it and every time it happens in my real life I go oh <laughs> I'm in that episode of the sitcom uh-huh and yeah and sometimes it doesn't nothing interesting happens but sometimes it does and I go wow that was a good yeah. episode of the sitcom of me <laughs>
2: <laughs> it happened in an episode of New Amsterdam I watched just yesterday they had a snowstorm a blizzard a blackout and people stuck in an elevator
0: oh my god it's trifecta.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the disaster trifecta. What a treat. Yeah. So now they have to talk because before they weren't talking.
0: Yeah. And it's also very enjoyable to watch Shane try to get a dog to open a door. I would have watched like an hour of Shane being like, Mac.
2: <laughs> Mac. 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 There we go. Come on. Be the hero, Mac. Be the hero. Honey, up here. High five me. Come on, baby. High five. I didn't realize Patty was already gone and it doesn't necessarily make sense that she was because I believe we're trying to act like this is the next day. Um, again, I'll deal with the timeline at the end of the yeah, season, please, please I, her own I do. Time race. <laughs> <laughs> but I, at first I was like, Oh no, Patty's stuck in there and they're not going to be able to help her. But then I realized that she wasn't there. Yeah.
0: Speaking of people who are stuck, Angie is, uh, stuck in this weird power dynamic with her professor who's now asking her if she wants to go away with him. Um, I do not like it.
2: No, I think that she should say yes. And then they should go drive to a cliff and she should push him off it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I don't. I've, um, sure. Yeah. Okay. That seems fair. Right. Just kidding. I've thought, thought about it.
2: No, no, just kidding. I don't think she should, I don't think that this man should die. Obviously, I'm, he's a perfectly nice man. I just don't think he should be dating Angie. I think he should maybe date someone in his, a different person who's not his
0: student. I don't think he should die, but I, I don't think he's necessarily a perfectly nice man. I think he thinks he's a perfectly fair. nice man. Yeah. That's true. I think that's a very important part of his self image.
2: <laughs> yeah. I feel like this is endemic of like writers male writers, you know, they think they're like so sensitive, you know, and Mm -hmm. so in tune with like the world and emotions and sadness and poetry that like the rules don't apply to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, I blame
0: decades of Woody Allen movies.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes, it's the Woody Allen scenario.
3: Which is why this is this plot line is like almost less interesting to me. It's like this is so cliche. Yeah, I've seen this boring. Yeah, what's not cliche is this storyline with the little roommate who comes in and is like, okay, I've been hooking up with this guy. Let's not get into the details, whatever. A condom is stuck inside me. And immediately I was like, Andrew's going to have to get this out. Right. <laughs> no. There's no other end to the story. Yeah. Um, I also, I lived in a sorority house in college, whatever, we don't need to talk about that. But I, there are many stories of this kind of thing where like people would come home and be like, I've got something going on and I need somebody else to handle it for me. Like I can't see what's happening. Yeah. Wow
0: um finley and sophie are doing their well we want to talk about dre so we're going to talk about dre details um finley says that dre is a hot person's name and sophie says that they're not hot which is which positive. we all know is a lie
2: <laughs> i don't believe that
3: for a second
0: why would you say for also i don't understand why finley says that it makes like why would it make <laughs> you feel better to know that you're like uh, what if uh, if oh if you sophie have a weird-
3: you have a weird thing about this, though, don't you? Yeah, I was about to say, I have a feeling like I'm going to disagree. Drew has a thing about this, I feel like, about, like, <laughs> when you're, you want your exes to have dated, like, only other hot people because otherwise it, like, haven't you talked about this before? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: I want to be in the group of people that you're <laughs> up with and we're all hot people. If you're hooking up with someone ugly, what I would love, like, in this scenario... <laughs> I mean, I might just, like, trust that Sophie loves me and it doesn't matter and whatever. Maybe I have a different relationship to, like, non-monogamy and other things anyways. But (laughs) if I'm in Finley, if I'm trying to be in Finley's experience, Uh like, if Sophie was like, Dre was super hot but very boring and it, like, did whatever, I'd be like, cool, that checks out. You hooked up with someone who... Anyways, what's more suspicious to me is Sophie saying that they only slept together once. Right, because Mari
2: said... That referred to them as this person you were sleeping with, right? yeah. Also, just the whole like having to go question by question thing. I was already just kind of
3: like on edge about. Like it just feels yeah. like things are getting sort of like obscured for the sake of
2: like not hurting Finley's feelings anymore.
0: Yeah, just right. Say, say start from the beginning. Let be like just, we met just at tell me what place. happened. Also,
2: yeah. how hard would it be to for Finley to find Dre? Not out right. out in the world as we <laughs> as we learn. <laughs> not that hard, but also like on social. Like, there's no. We're already suspending our disbelief that Finley hasn't already looked this person up on social media because this because yes. social media doesn't really exist on the L word. But right. like, there's no way that like Sophie's going to hide Dre from Finley indefinitely. And also like, pretty much everyone is hot. So like, the chances that Dre is hot are like pretty high. Just like statistically speaking, when you look at like the world of like you know. Of the not-cis-men dating pool. Because cis-men are not always hot, but most other people are. <laughs> also, like, this is sort of edging in on Drew's point, but, like, you wouldn't hook
3: up with someone who you're like, this person is not hot to me, so what does it matter? Like, what <laughs> the other, like, I get that Finley is hurting, but even the question of, like, were they more charming than me is, like, let's not get into that. Do you want to know
0: yeah. the details, or
3: right? Yeah, is
0: it a competition?
3: That is what people ask, though. Oh, definitely.
0: Also, I'm sorry, but we meet Dre, and Dre isn't, like, Oh, Dre's hot. Dre's hot. (laughs) Like, Dre is, uh, like, uh, there's no, it's not like, oh, like, different tastes, different whatever. Like, there are people where, for sure, like, if you're a listener and you do not find Dre hot, write in. Because I'm fascinated (laughs) by you. (laughs) But I'm, I, this whole talk doesn't feel like it's being done well.
2: Right, I'm not sure. Are we, like, we obviously know Sophie's lying about Dre being hot. But. Yes. Are we supposed to think that they're telling that like Sophie's telling the truth about their time together? Cause I got the feeling that we were. Yeah. I don't know what we were supposed to think, but I
3: didn't feel like
2: I was hearing the whole truth. Right. And like, why? Just tell the whole truth. You were allowed, you were on a break.
0: Right. You were on a break.
2: Tell the whole truth.
0: Yeah. I also am not sure. It definitely felt like I don't know if it's that Sophie's so used to not telling the truth that she's like having a hard time telling the truth, Mm. but that doesn't even lie. I mean, I know that's what they want me to think, but I'm not buying it.
3: Well, but Sophie says that she has kept all of this kind of from Finley anyway, because she's Finley's been doing so well and Sophie doesn't want to like mess that up. So I wonder if that's part
2: of it too. Yeah. Right. Like protecting, not wanting to upset the delicate balance of Finley's sobriety. Yeah. Uh,
0: By the time Finley's being like, I want to hear everything. It's like respect Finley enough to trust her. Right. And to know yeah. that if you don't, if you're not honest, it's going to screw you over when Dre happens to be at Dana's later. <laughs> just, right. just saying. Just,
3: just in case you happen <laughs> to see. Every time I go to a queer bar, I assume I'm going to see an ex or an ex hookup. Yeah. So like they should yeah. just be planning for that eventuality anyway.
2: I don't know. Absolutely. I went to Dana's once and saw an ex. So <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I remember that. <laughs> I went to Ginger's in Brooklyn the last time I was in New York by myself
3: a random night and ran into not an ex but someone who mistaked me for my ex and I was like nice
0: cool wow I love gingers
3: (laughs) I know me too I love it there um speaking of revealing truths Micah has told his mom about his relationship with Maribel Mm -hmm. they decide that they're going to celebrate by either by doing one of two activities that sound both really not celebratory to me but okay I'm happy for them oh they sound
2: fantastic to me oh man organizing the Tupperware drawer or picking a sperm donor but I I thought this was a really cute scene with them when they were like you know can we be in bed by eight like that was adorable it was really sweet
0: yeah boring people deserve to be on tv also (laughs) even if I don't relate
2: I related I love the idea of being in bed by nine if only I didn't have insomnia okay
0: (laughs) a couple that is not doing as well as Micah and Marbell is Tess and Shane, who are now talking about it. The first thing I wrote, obviously, and I'm so glad we find out the answer to this is, wait, is Alice going to be alone at the movie? Which <laughs> we, we, will, we will get back to that. That's but a- Tess is like, I knew about your reputation. Like everyone in this town except Finley knows about your reputation. Like, <laughs> the, why did I think you were going to be different? Uh, yeah, I don't know. This it's fine. <laughs> I just, I just. It's a fine scene. I don't necessarily think that like that much interest. I mean, it is the first part of a longer conversation. And throughout this whole thing, I was just feeling like, oh, you would know, be so interesting as if like Tess was trans and she had feelings about like Shane mm-hmm. cheating on her with a cis woman. Like yeah. Keilani doesn't identify it that way, but like, I think Ivy's supposed to be a cis woman and either way, like, you know, so there's like a lot of feelings that could come up, like what an interesting thing that that could be. and like as is i'm just
2: sort of like i've seen this before Mm-hmm. it was funnier before because carmen had a fire extinguisher and was screaming about birds you know
3: <laughs> birds shane i'm talking about a goddamn fucking bird asking you to be as civilized as a goddamn fucking bird don't really really don't, don't do it no i shouldn't do it it's wrong it's completely irresponsible <laughs> <laughs>
2: That was far more entertaining.
0: Right. I am just sort of like, there are moments, and we'll keep returning to this, where I'm like, oh, is it going to go somewhere new, somewhere interesting? And right. it like, never, never and it, really it doesn't. does. not
2: Yeah, I know. It's hard to talk about because, like, also, I don't remember specifically what they talked about in each scene. But that kind of speaks to the nature of the conversation and that we didn't really get a lot of, like new information, like you were saying, like that if Tess was trans, that would have like deepened the conflict or like just given them more to work with. And I felt like there was a lot of like generalities and like big broad statements when like, when like if I was editing this short story, I'd be like, give us a detail, like give us a specific detail. Tell us about like exactly what you envisioned for your future together. Give us, tell us about a time when you thought things would be different. Like tell us about anything you've done together over the past year, you know, or when did you stop being happy? Like, give us tell us a story like give us a full story like the original series did this too like just skating on the surface of things instead of like digging into like the details of it and i don't know why it's always like this but i just wish they got a little bit more you know real yeah thank you for listening
3: i loved it (laughs) (laughs) well speaking of getting real (laughs) um as suspected we're back at college and the roommate what is her name Bella, 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 but not from Twilight. That's what you said last week, right?
2: Oh, wait. No, I said it was Bella. It was Bella from Twilight. Oh, you said it was Bella from Twilight. Yeah, so it is Bella Swan, but she's different. She looks different now and she's in college and she's obviously not dating the vampire because he would have freaked out if she'd hooked up with the baseball player. Unless it's him when they play baseball in that scene with his family. Oh, yeah, that would have been fun.
0: And vampire condoms are bigger and that's why they get stuck.
2: Yes, exactly. (laughs) The one
3: funny thing from this scene is her saying i can't tell what's a condom and what's me like what an insane yeah. <laughs> series of words together it's just very funny but again these are like little pops of the scene with them kind of yeah the whole time they're just trying to get this out of her
2: honestly i was like kind of bummed because it does seem like from this that bella is straight like if she's queer it's definitely not it she seems it seems like she's straighter at least at this point you know oh don't you think no you think Bella's queer? Like a flirty thing between the two of them, Drew.
0: Yeah, like I was in. No,
2: I don't think no. that's what's going on. I know, I, I know what you're pointing out, but I don't think that's what's going on. Right? There was a moment when I thought maybe, but I thought no, this is not not because it couldn't be there because also I think that like Jordan is just good at having chemistry with other actors, mm. but because it just felt like this is not with where they're going to go with this character.
0: That's what I thought initially. There's a moment later on that we'll get to where I was like. Mm. <laughs> I mean, look, straight girls flirting with a queer girl, like, that's not unheard of. So, like, the moment later where I'm like, that feels a little flirty. Also, I think maybe just girls talk to each other that way. I've never been a straight girl.
2: So. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it felt to me like like a straight girl and her friend in college. And I just would love Angie to talk to even just one gay person
0: mm-hmm.
2: at, in college. And I was there, hoping yeah. it would be her roommate. <laughs> Yeah. You can find
3: kind of a lot of them at college sometimes, a lot more mm. than you were used to. Yeah.
2: Especially at California University, you know, with yeah. their legacy of the Jody Lerner, Bette Porter, Phyllis Kroll, you know, a long legacy sure. of big queer minds at that institution. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Speaking of big queer minds, Danny <laughs> is listening to a voicemail from Roxy about so Roxy's gone. And then all of a sudden, I immediately—I think because there were Im- images were released earlier, like I yeah. knew it was Dre. Um, Dre saves Danny from a scooter, which um, <laughs> you know those those scooters those could scooters be dangerous. Mm-hmm. A, I hate those
2: things. I hate um, them, but they're so good for transportation for people. Yes, I am certain that they are useful, especially
3: in a city like Los Angeles that does not have good public transportation. <laughs> On a personal level, I hate them.
0: <laughs> um, Dre says, like. I feel like I should kiss you right now, but I mean, I, I won't because this is real life and not a shitty rom-com. So. I, I love that. I, I loved it.
2: I was, I was a fan. I was I, like, "Let the rom-com begin." Yeah, yeah. Who says
3: we can't be in a rom-com? Also, Danny is coming off a breakup and yeah. coming off having hung out with her friend, who they it seems like have always had some weird sexual energy, maybe, yeah. and nothing happened. Like, mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. Get wild, girl. Go after it. This is when I can say that the actor who is playing Dre, Autostraddle used to do a calendar every year. We would do it like a like a, a calendar every year when we would have a different model every month, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I found Autostraddle the first time. Oh, really? Through the calendar? Yeah. Oh, right. Because your
3: friend was in the calendar. I knew someone yeah. at my college who was in one of the calendars and it was like the first time I'd ever heard of Autostraddle and then I started reading your Faking It Recaps, which is how I <sighs> eventually became sucked
2: in. Those are really good if I could just celebrate myself for a minute
3: (laughs) I miss not watching the faking it show but I miss reading the faking it recaps the day thank you so much that means so
2: much to me um but Carmen this actor was the March calendar model of our very first year so I was like oh my god they're all they're all grown up you know (laughs) You know, and I was just like, wow, it was just really weird, you know, to see. And because they, they were friends with our friend Julia, who was like the February model. And Julia had been like, oh, I have this other friend and we would gotten them in. So anyway, that was kind of exciting. Wow. That is exciting. So just so you know, if you want to be an straddle calendar model in the early 2010s, you could one day end up on the l generation Generation Q. I
0: mean, that's, that, that's a good, you know, endorsement.
3: The chart, but like for professional connections to auto <laughs> yeah
2: i mean calendar models have gone on to do great things in their communities they really have so just a moment for the calendar okay
0: i did think it was quite bold of dre that was <laughs> that, yeah I, it was it was quite bold
2: and made me love them immediately
0: yeah uh, speaking of flirting sophie and finley are flirting at the bar <laughs> and uh finley asks sophie to like go to the like To like meet me in the back and we're gonna it's like again uh,
3: uh, who works uh, at this bar. (laughs) (laughs) If Finley goes into the back room to have sex with Sophie, who
2: is taking drink orders? I've seen none other people. There was one I saw I saw another bartender this episode. Okay.
3: The good news for Finley in this situation, read the rules, is like she's the boss, so no one there's no one here. She has no no checks on her behavior. But
2: I I like her outfit. She looks hot.
0: Everyone looks very hot this episode. Oh
2: yeah, this little like white sweater. Yeah.
0: And then Danny arrives and asks Finley for tequila on the rocks, nothing <laughs> cheap, which I loved. This whole thing, I love Danny. This episode was so fun. I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Danny's like, I want to have a hot girl autumn. It's just, I don't know. I, the whole energy was so fun. I love that they're all friends again. Mm-hmm.
2: Her energy was radiant. Is this when she tells Sophie? Yeah.
0: Yes. And they talk about the wedding planner?
2: Yeah. And they do like a really extended wedding planner bit, which I personally also loved. Yeah. Yeah. And she tells Sophie that she hooked up with this really hot person.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed that bit. Danny has like on and off been one of my favorite characters of the new show. And then like sometimes the storylines they give her like all the Sackler stuff. No, thank you. But yeah, no, like when when they've moved beyond that, like she's so fun in this episode. I felt like they really let that character. I don't know. It was really yeah. Five stars for this part of the episode.
2: Like, never mention her father again. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. need to know that she even has a father. Like, let's just ride this out. I'm loving this. Beautiful.
0: Maribel and Micah are picking their sperm donor. And um, Maribel says she wants a guy over six feet, which um, Micah will eventually be like, this is eugenics. And they have some, like, funny banter. Honestly, pretty impressive to have, like, funny banter about eugenics. Um, (laughs) But I also am like, you can't be... It, like, partnered with a trans guy and be like, I yeah. want a guy who's over six feet. I know it's she, it's then coming from a place where she's like, my family's all short. And like, okay, whatever. But like, oh, I didn't love
2: that. I <laughs> don't understand what they're doing here.
0: I mean, I was confused why they didn't just do it the old fashioned way and find a famous artist. <laughs> That's <laughs> feels Right, right, right.
2: I guess I'm curious, like, what, how they've decided to get pregnant to begin with. Like if they are going to be doing it with an at-home insemination, if they're going to be doing it in a doctor's office, like an IUI, if they want to do IVF.
0: I mean, I think it's fair for us to say that it's like kind of weird to have like the character who's like supporting quote unquote eugenics is like <laughs> the disabled character. And like, obviously it's turned into a joke and they like sort of like move past it or whatever, but it is weird. I know that eventually it's leading towards them being like, we wish we could just combine our genetics. And it's like, right. okay, but, but then like, I don't, why are we...
2: I don't understand why they don't start there. That's where couples, that's where couples start. They start with <laughs> yeah. like, well, let's find a donor who looks like you or who like has some traits. Like I didn't, I was really confused at first. I was like, you're just choosing traits randomly? Like why wouldn't you want to choose traits that look like mica? Like that's what like most queer couples or couples where no one's producing sperm that can be used to get anyone pregnant do is they pick someone who like looks somehow has something in common with or resembles the other. Um, yeah. Also, if they want donors who are only over six feet, I don't think she was going to find a lot of options there. Um, <laughs> there,
0: <laughs> Why? Because it's mostly struggling actors? <laughs> <make their>
2: <laughs> I mean, just lowering just making it 5'10 and above, you're really decreasing. You're really decreasing your options. So I think when this story first started, I assume they weren't talking about Mari's disability at all in relationship to it because it didn't matter. Like it really didn't have any impact on her pregnancy or conception or anything like that. Um, And then someone had asked me about it. So I like did a little research. And first of all, I'm not a doctor, but um, there does seem to be like there are certain things that you would have to consider differently when you're thinking about your pregnancy and how it might impact your body if you do have muscular dystrophy. Um, like I'm over 40, right? So for me, there's certain things I have to consider differently. So like my journey started at a doctor's office because there is an increased risk of miscarriage. You know, there's things I might want to consider when deciding how I want to conceive and what I'm looking for in a donor and all of that stuff, you know? And I think like showing the way that different bodies might be approaching this differently is like, I don't I don't think that that has to feel like we're making this story just about their disability. It's just like, this is just a part of someone's identity someone's experience in the world it makes for like richer storytelling and like more interesting character work when we address those things that are pretending like those things don't exist but again like i don't know <laughs> i feel like i don't want to mess up talking about it you know what i mean
0: again it's just like a lack of specificity the same right. thing with like the breakup between shane and tess like it's just a lack of specificity that results in scenes that like taken at face value it's fine but it is just like, why do you not want this show to be more interesting, and why right. are you picking why are you picking this storyline if you're not going to get into Maybe. any of the spe- specificities of these two right. individuals?
3: I wonder if it's a thing of kind of what Max was saying of like, I want to show you how great it can be, and like the show is picking very interesting topics to be like, we're actually just going to show you how possible it is and great it is without getting into the specificity of stuff. And then there's other things where I'm like, why are you making that so hard for the characters? So like Mm -hmm. Tess's mom's storyline, I'm like, why is this so difficult and sucking so much of her life? Like when there are ways to like make that easier, make that easier on her. But then in this like Maribel and Micah getting pregnant, which seems really complicated and like really overwhelming as a process they're kind of like yeah isn't
2: it so fun like it's just an interesting yeah. I don't know they choose right, these just, weird yeah they're just like we're just gonna like look online and find like that's not it's not that casual it's not that simple it's not that easy and one thing that I think is good that they're doing is that I do think that they're coming from like a very like disability positive perspective where I feel like other shows that address like disability and pregnancy, they're very much like we would never want to have a kid who has this disability and they're not doing that, you know, right. like if they were doing that, then they would be like doing IVF and using a donor egg so that they would for sure not pass it on. And if they're not doing that and that's great. And that's all the more reason why I wish they would engage with the things that do are still relevant to this process for yeah. them. And even that would be interesting. Like the two of them being like, whoa, this is something
3: we, we don't really have a framework for this. This is really hard to find people who have gone through this or this is really right. like, even just lines like that, like, I wish that the baby could be part of both of us. I wish we had people like us who we could turn to. We had that a little bit in the last episode, but it seems like, it's just tough because it's like, it seems that it's in an attempt to be very positive about this experience or also like showing people that it is possible to have, you know, like yeah what that route looks like. It seems like it's in an attempt to do that, but it elides any interesting specificity or Mm -hmm. discussion like any deeper representation than just like these two people get to like click around the sperm donor
2: website which doesn't really feel super realistic or it feels very similar to how they deal with trans characters
3: and honestly sometimes sobriety like it's just like not that that is a you know identity on the same level but just like this thing where it's like yeah finley's now sober isn't that amazing it's like yeah that, there's like not do a her lot of, like, and sophie
2: have to talk about how that's gonna work for them you know right does she have a sponsor
3: like all these like details that could really add sort of some real like heft yeah. to a story and make them more meaningful instead of the thing we're kind of bumping up against this episode is like the broad strokes of stories you know I mean,
0: right if you if you don't have the ability to really get into these things and if you're not interested in getting into these things I mean, I guess this is what happens when you like make your trans character and your disabled character like the respectable, boring ones where you're like you run out of storylines. And right. so when when the when the goal is like, oh, we're gonna do something so radical by having these characters wanna be asleep by 8 30, which is like great. <laughs> I support anyone doing that. But <laughs> when like when you're when you're making like a show that is, as I referred to it last week, a gay hookup show and like then you want to have these underrepresented identities there, but not actually like do much with them. You're just like running out of storylines. And so then it's like, well, they'll have a baby. And it's like, okay, but that's also complicated for <laughs> these specific individuals. Like, I don't know. I mean, look, part of part of the reason why I think I was able to just sort of like turn my brain off and just like watch them banter and like watch the actors I like do their little thing is because I've like, seasons ago checked out so much (laughs) as far as how the show treats Micah and Maribel like I'm just sort of like they're not even in every episode and not in like a Bet Porter choice way but in just like oh we don't have anything to do with them this week way and like I don't know I just like my expectation for these two characters is so low that Mm -hmm. when they just like get some scenes to like have fun with I'm like okay but it sucks because you're like Having this conversation is making me be like, "All right, there's so much that could be done that (laughs) isn't being done.
2: Right. Like, and obviously this, I probably last year would have been like, okay, whatever, this is fine. But now that I've like been through this process of like looking for donor sperm, I'm obviously, and, and not just that, but also looking back and being like, oh, there are all these things about how Ben and Tina did it, like where I don't feel like there's a lot of really good representation of what it really is like and what it really costs to get Mm -hmm. pregnant as a queer person. And I Mm -hmm. wish that like they would engage more fully with it. And it Mm -hmm. feels very weird that they're just like, now we're looking for sperm donors on the internet. That's not, that would not be their next step. Their next step would be going to the doctor and talking about like the best way to proceed with this pregnancy, you know, and that would be informative. And like, and if, Mari and Micah were fuller characters that still wouldn't feel like that was the, their whole story was about disability because this doctor's appointment was about disability.
3: Right. And even if we didn't see that, but they said it, it's the thing you were saying last week, Reese, you have lines that can mean something. Like what we could, we could be doing more with like each line to say Mm -hmm. there aren't a lot of options because of, remember, like the thing we talked about with the doctor, but let's look at what we can or like whatever Mm -hmm. it's possible. So it's just kind of frustrating
0: yeah i really take issue with this idea i mean i've talked about this in reference to like you know tests not being trans like i really take issue with this idea that if you have any sort of like marginalized identity that the choices have to be either never talking about it or having nothing about yourself that is connected to it like i talk about being gay all the time i talk about being trans all the time i'm also drew like i have a lot of personal specific things and you know what the way i talk about being gay the way i talk about being trans like those are specific to me and those are specific to my character and it's just so dehumanizing to feel like those are the options and i i experience it like in generals in this industry of like people wanting basically it's like Are you oh is this is this a trans story where we're dealing with the trauma or is this a trans story where transphobia doesn't exist? And I'm like there's such a vast (laughs) world in between those two things where like it doesn't have to be like you know, crying in the mirror, mascara going down my face <laughs> and like I'm not a character with any sort of qualities or I'm like out in the world and like, not everyone's just like correctly gendering me and like gender is dead <laughs> and travel la the law. Like there's so much else to explore. And it just like takes away from our actual experiences to, to act like those are the options. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Anyway, from from a, from a, a storyline that I don't enjoy to a storyline that I do enjoy, Alice is at the movies alone. Um, I have never related more to the Elvis <laughs> than Alice than Alice sitting there waiting for her friend. I also love that she says, she texts and says, previews are starting to yeah. Shane when the previews are not starting. Oh, know, that, uh, we want to talk about representation? That's representation. That is my trans experience. Um, also, Taylor's there with someone. So whoops.
2: Yeah, Taylor's there with someone. Um, I
3: personally love Insane Alice. This is something I love from the original run too. Like anytime Alice gets like unhinged, like cardboard cutout Dana, Alice I know is very Polarizing, but like, Lisha <laughs> Haley does such a fun thing yeah. when she commits to these things that I just was yeah. like really on board as soon as she saw that. Like, I love when she goes just a little bit off the rails.
0: Very entertaining.
3: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't have a good transition, but back on the balcony from hell. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: Shane and Tess are talking more about their relationship, and Tess asks if Shane is wanting to do ENM, which. Made me laugh just because if you've been on Tinder in Los Angeles in the last like I don't know,
2: five, ten years, it's like yeah. v- full of people with ENM in their little bios. She um, should be like, no, I want to do unethical non-monogamy. <laughs> she literally does. She's like, Jane, like, what's Jane that? prefers
0: and unethical <laughs> non-monogamy, actually. <laughs> she literally said I mean the way that that line is delivered made me laugh so much because Tess is like it's is like ethical non-monogamy, like multiple <laughs> partners dating dating other people. And and Shane goes, no, 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 no. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. what do you mean? Oh, no, 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 no. That's your whole life. Like, you just want... And it's... Uh, yeah. The way that they brushed past this so quickly was another one of my, like, real sticking points for the episode, right? It was like, we're just going to move straight to, like, right. is Shane an, a sex addict? Like, okay, like, maybe. But, like also it's Kehlani like I'm sorry but like it's not that is not a good portrait of like like I don't I'm sorry if this is offensive to like sex addicts but like I just feel like that's not it's not a good portrayal of like if if like Kehlani cannot be Shane's rock bottom like that is not I just feel like that is like yeah she cheated and that sucks but like she's fighting with her. It, it just feels like the most no. basic of Jane's <laughs> cheating. Like their fight, like she's fighting with her partner, things that they've been together for, you know, a year and a half or whatever it is. And then like, she meets Kalani. Like I'm sorry. Do you remember when she drank her drink? Do you remember that? I yeah. even
3: put in my notes when earlier in the scene when Tess is like, "It's" or Shane is like, "It's just an old pattern." I wrote down like weird way to say Kalani's really hot. Like
2: I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like okay, um, yeah. Like what's more ethical than hooking up with Kalani? Name one thing more ethical than that. It's your moral right if you and Kalani want to hook up with each other. Right. That's that's the right thing to do. <laughs> But then it made me realize, like, was she not monogamous with Kiara? Did we make that up in our heads? I really was like, why aren't we talking about the possibility
3: of open relationships? Like, obviously, that's what Shane needs is a poly relationship, right? It's also what the dialogue is. Like, Shane is saying sex really doesn't mean anything to me when Uh it's just sex. Like, this, as a person who is sober, Tess being like, are you a sex addict? Feels so intense instead of just being like... It sounds like you really rely on a lot of validation outside like there's (laughs) such a vast ocean of attention makes me feel good between like never hooking up with anyone and I'm a sex addict that like it just really drove me nuts and then they like don't really talk about that either Shane's like well maybe and then it moves on so it's like why put that in there.
2: I felt like it was trying to say that, like, that was a paradigm that Tess felt like she could work with because she knew addiction and she understands addiction. And like, if Shane could just say I'm a sex addict, she'd be like, okay, this is what we do next about that. Right. But then it seemed like Shane was like, I don't know, maybe. But I don't I mean,
0: Shane's not a sex addict. I don't know enough about sex addiction to weigh in on that, but it doesn't seem like the show thinks she is. So why put that like why engage with that? Right, right. Yeah. I did enjoy that when Tess was like, But do you know what I did when I started feeling like it was too much? I wrote in my fucking journal, Shane. I did enjoy that (laughs) much. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was good. Again, like, it's so interesting because there's, like, I'd say half the storylines in the episode actively make me want to, like, slam my head in a window. (laughs) But, like the way that they're there's like, all of them had like a few lines or and like performances that I enjoyed. And so it was a very weird experience. Um, yeah. That's what I, but yeah.
3: I thought the line when Tess, it, it's in the same thing, but when she's like, and I didn't go out and fuck the first person to show me attention or
2: something. I was like, okay, yes. Great line. Although I'm sure Kelani was not the first person to show Shane no, attention. No, of
0: course not. <laughs> I literally just like, I, I'm, I'm like, I know I'm making a joke out of this, but like it is, it is, partially because I just don't really feel like they're talking about like everyone has different relationships to sex and to non-monogamy and I just don't really feel like they're like talking about what their specific relationships to those things are right and it's driving me nuts
3: (laughs) 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 also Tess is talking really like strongly and sort of punitively about their relationship and has not yet which this comes up later but even in this part of their conversation I was feeling uncomfy with like She has no idea if Shane wants to be in this relationship anymore. And she's like, you must change. And I was like, whoa, this is, I I don't know. It felt like a really intense um, place to be bargaining from to me.
2: (laughs) That felt honest to me, at least. I agree. It was
3: more like me having, it's not a script note. It's more me having secondhand embarrassment, watching (laughs) two people have a fight and being like, if I had just been cheated on, I would not be starting from this tone. Like me personally god bless all of the work that tess has done on her self-worth yeah i would have been like do you still love me <laughs> like
0: <laughs> but also shane said goodbye to Kalani, so if she did that like if she doesn't want to be with tess yeah like
2: well, can what we she... get, get can we get ivy back on the show or what
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what i'm saying
3: we might not get Ivy back on the show, but as we know, Fletcher is going to guest star. And that's in part because Danny is throwing Fletcher's album release party, which is very funny to me.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the classic like daughter of the Sacklers to party planner pipeline. Everyone <laughs> knows about that. It's like, yeah, everyone knows about that. Mm-hmm. Um, then Dre gets on stage to sing because it's karaoke. And uh, so they have like a little banter back and forth about like, that's them. And, and they're like, oh, that's them. And then they, you know, and then, yeah. yeah, so Danny's like, God damn it. And-
2: right. But she's still enchanted. Yeah. Still enchanted. By the, enchanting singer on the mic. I loved watching Danny watch Dre.
3: Me too. Me too. And then Sophie goes to, Sophie's like, I have to go find Finley to like warn her that Dre is here because we've just been talking about them. And Dre is singing a song with lyrics that could be about kind of being sad about... <laughs> sophie while yeah. sophie and finley hook up in the back room
0: which i was just very stressed about it's dancing with a stranger by normani and sam smith and yeah it definitely was a moment of um where i was like wow imagine fucking your girlfriend while the person who you fucked while you're on <laughs> break is singing is serenading <laughs> you what a what a, i was like this is this was the kind of shit though that i was like it's so absurd, but I had such a grand time with all of this. Like, like I, I was like, this is what I'm here for. This is why I'm watching this show. Yeah. Like, I was, I was, I was delighted. It made no sense, a lot of it, and I was... I, but this, in, this, it didn't make sense in a way that didn't make me want to slam my head in a window, maybe want to stick my head out a window cheerfully and shout, <laughs> look at these crazy queers.
2: <laughs> yeah, they start hooking up, And we see Sophie like flashing back to the sex scene with Dre in her mind, which is a lot. But I also felt like it was honest. You know, it's like hard. Obviously, you know, all these things are running through her mind, but it seems like it's not working. And Dre is literally singing (laughs) right. Basically in her ear while she's looking up with Finley. You would be thinking about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then Danny's like coming in her pants at the bar and it's incredible. Everybody's everybody is aroused. Everyone is aroused. Except Sophie.
0: (laughs) People in the L word and in fiction in general are not good at being like, no, we're not going to hook up for five seconds, five minutes, whatever. I'm going to actually say the thing I need to say. (laughs) Because personally, I mean, this is just me. I'm I'm a little bit kooky. If when Finley's like trying to hook up with me, I'd be like, whoa, something happened. We need to talk. We're no longer having sex in the back room. Like I would, I would (laughs) just be like, Okay, if you insist on kissing me, and also if I was Finley and Sophie was like, I need to talk to you, and be like, that can wait, babe. I'd be like, oh yeah, what's up? Sure.
2: Well, I thought Finley maybe thought that was like a front because they were like joking because they'd already planned to meet in the back for mm-hmm. sex. That's but then true. Sophie's obviously, like, I can't, and it's, and Finley's like, of course, like we don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Yeah. And then Sophie tells them that Dre's here. And then they go out and this honestly like really hit home for me because I, want, I was dating someone once and like it was non-monogamous, but that was like their choice and not something that I really wanted. Um, and we went to like a dance party and we were at this party and then she was like, actually this the other person that she was dating was the DJ, like up on the DJ stage DJing. And I was like, I can't dance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I normally am a really bad dancer, but like, I can't, there's no part of me that can dance with you to this person DJing this party. Like, right. Yeah. Like, and again, it wasn't like it wasn't allowed, but it was still something that like I had a lot of feelings about and didn't really enjoy the scenario.
0: Did your partner at the time tell you that the DJ wasn't hot?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, she had not, she had not, but it was the first time I had seen this person's face. Mm. So it was a lot. So I was in the moment with Finley feeling all of the blood drop out of my body, knowing like, this is not like, I can't like be mad at her, but like, I'm still having a reaction to this. So as absurd as it seemed that she switched the fire drill to me, it did not feel that absurd.
0: (laughs) I loved it. I thought it was so, it was, it was chaos and, uh. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, all, all all good here.
3: <laughs> so everyone evacuates.
0: Yeah. So yeah, then
3: everyone is leaving. Well, and later there's like a there's more of a scene of them we'll leaving later. That, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but first, we go back to the balcony where Tess asks shane if she's ever been to therapy um, <laughs> that really made me laugh how has she still not been to therapy she's like what 42 and also they've been together for a year and a half and tess has never asked Shane <laughs> if she's been to therapy yeah what? that was a, kind of weird. was elite. are these people i mean and like and then tess is like you know we've all been through a lot and i'm like yeah like tess Transitioned at a young age and has kept it quiet. <laughs> and hasn't told a soul about it, and that's got to be hard to live a stealth life like that. Um,
2: when she said that, for one moment, I thought, "What if? What if I they're going to do yeah, it?" And that. then I, and then I was like, "No, they're not going to do it."
0: No, Shane's just like being a sad puppy,
2: and like Shane's been through a lot. But what does that have to do with this? I don't know.
0: Yeah, and there's a whole conversation about responsibility. I don't know. Again, it's just vague. We don't need to go over this again, unless you either of you have something to add. But it's just, it just all feels very vague and lots of conversations about responsibility and i'm just like okay i'm not learning anything about these characters
2: i did think yeah. the one thing that she said where because Shane was like i am taking responsibility for it and Tess was kind of being like saying you're sorry after the fact is not the same thing as like taking responsibility for this behavior in your everyday life which is that's something true. that shane could have learned in therapy which yeah. we now know surprised everybody ago. she's never been in
0: that's crazy
2: dan foxworthy would have dined out on her
0: if I had Shane's money I would I would be in therapy all the time oh
2: yeah I'd be a massage therapy all the time
0: (laughs) um okay so then we go back to the bar and yeah Finley's sent. it's like continuing to send everybody home and is just like freaking out um I did write in my notes am I better than everyone and uh, let me explain (laughs) that that, I just think that I have the ability and I'm sure this is a bad thing in some ways all of our you know We all have our own struggles, but I can get through anything. Like I need to shut down and just not be emotional and just like do my job and get through for the rest of my bartending night while like the hottest person ever (laughs) who fucked my partner is like singing. Great. I need to even like chat with that person. Great. I could do it. Like I really have an ability to not make my problems anyone else's problems. it's not always a good thing, but I, I do, I do sometimes watch television and go like, can you just take a breath? But
2: no. Yeah. That's why I felt watching bros. I thought, suck it up. Stop, <laughs> stop sharing your personality with this man's family and just play a role. That okay? one scene,
3: I was like, just pretend for one day. We all have to pretend around people's yeah. families about all, all kinds of stuff.
2: What do you mean? Yeah. Just suck it up, weirdo.
0: Yeah. There's gotta be an in between there. Um, But yeah, I'm not judging Finley. I think it fits with Finley and I think it was funny. And then um, Dre, they're outside and Dre like asks Danny to leave with them. And we also learned that like Dre is actually a singer or like trying to be a musician of some sort. Um, From Ohio. Yeah. And then Danny's like tells Dre that they slept with her ex. And Dre's like, how is that possible? I've only been here for six months. Enter Sophie.
3: I thought this scene was so fun. The uh-huh. whole Danny and Dre, Sophie entering, Sophie get like joking and getting into the car. Danny and Dre is still joking. Like,
2: I liked this whole bit. Yeah, sapphic chaos. Yeah.
0: Danny's like, here's my card. Like, you're going to need a publicist, which no one's that good at karaoke. Like, I, <laughs> come <laughs> on. Uh, also, she's a publicist. I thought she was a party planner. <gasps> she can do it all. Wow, Women can woman. have it
2: all. Yeah.
0: I hope that Dre and Danny, do have some sort of like, I yes. we will get to it later when Danny's like, I'm just so loyal, but I'm like, Sophie left you at the altar. Like, please, yeah. fuck, Come fuck on. Dre. And then, and then when the Danny and Sophie leave and Dre's just like laughing at the circumstance, yeah. I was like, I'm in love. Like Dre, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, immediately just like, I, this is, uh, yes, I like th- this character's great. Auto shuttle calendars have <laughs> once again, <laughs> proven yes. to have good taste. Um, Excellent taste. Then we go to, we go, we finally check back in with Angie, who has some gloves on like, like uh, latex gloves on and her roommates like, I thought you knew your way around there. And Angie says, well, we did stuff, but we never had sex to which I say. Why couldn't Jordy just be trans? <laughs> <laughs> why, why couldn't Why couldn't that just be the case? And also, like, obviously, people, especially teenagers, like have sex on their own. I just, I guess, I just was like, how long were Jordy and Angie together? Two I'm years. Like, and also, like, I'm sorry, but the way that they sold us the character of Jordy was like that yeah. she was like a wild girl. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't ever do anything sexual beyond making out and like boob stuff i don't i like
2: it's hard to talk
0: about because it's not like
2: i want to be like i really wish those teenagers would bone but then it's also (laughs) at the same time like gossip girl and the oc like we're used to seeing like the sex lives of teenagers on our screens but usually played by older actors so it's something that's like in the discourse but i was like really you guys were together for like two to three years i mean teenagers are notoriously
0: frisky I fully believe that that there are plenty of teenage couples who are not having sex in are together and are just making out. I don't believe that Jordy and Angie, like, given what we know about those characters, that doesn't really line up with them. Mm-mm. It's also just, why couldn't Jordy be trans? Like, what are you accomplishing? <laughs> the actress, like, like, she didn't ask to be cis. That was Jamie's thing. Like, what are you accomplishing <laughs> by making by making it by by canon making Jordy cis here, like okay, right. you didn't want to engage with it when Jordy was on the show in all these interesting ways that we've already covered on this podcast, but like it's literally just writing a scene different, like writing one line differently here in a way that, and I, I guess it's to eventually lead to like Angie being like, I'm ready to have sex with the professor, which I'm like, really, like you would rather right. Angie's like thing be like, oh my god, I'm finally ready to have sex with this professor because I'm so in love and I'm comfortable with my body now. As opposed to, she fucked her trans girlfriend. Like that's that. It's that we're so <laughs> against. Like I'm just ah. Like it's just <sighs> like.
3: But also like, queer Gen Z thinks about sex and like virginity in such a different way than when like I was in high school. At least like I'll speak mm-hmm. personally. So that like, they didn't even really need to do all this to say that. Like yeah. Like if the, if it really is like. Angie is nervous about going away with this guy, which seems to be like the thrust of this whole thing. Like, she's never had sex with a guy. Like, I, she's never had sex with an older person before. She's never had sex with, like, yeah, a man. Like, a cis man or, like, what? Like, I don't know. There's so many other ways that, like, yeah, I, it's not the same way you're coming at it, Drew. But I was just like, it just felt very weirdly, like, genitals focused in a way that I don't think queer Gen Z of being around like virginity as a concept anymore. Like they're just like, yeah, we hooked up or like, yeah, we, I don't know, like just feels really weird.
0: I have no idea what like 18 and 19 year olds like, 18 and 19-year-old queer people's relationship to virginity is. But yeah. do you know who else doesn't know? The writers of The L Generation Q. <laughs> it is so right. clear yeah. that they are just, like, projecting whatever experiences they had as, like, straight 18-year-olds onto... Right. It's like they've forgotten that Angie was in a queer relationship and, like, they don't want to engage with it. They don't want to engage with what that was like. They just want to do this fucking storyline with the professor. I was so... This all pissed me off. I was so mad. I was just like... And not because, again, not because, like, I I need teenagers to fuck. Like, it's (laughs) very... In fact, but but if they are going to, I would rather it be with each other than with full-grown adults. That's my hot take.
3: This is what I mean is, like, this dialogue is, like, so (laughs) contrived as to say, number one... I've never looked at another girl's literal vagina. And number two, I am a virgin. No, like penis has been inside. Like, it's all just so genitalia focused, like, sorry to be so gross, but like,
0: no, for
3: and to no end, except to say like, I'm going to lose my virginity to my old professor. Like,
2: Again, right? Who wants that? Who asked? And why is she ready for that now? But wasn't ready to have sex with Jordy like a month right. ago? Yeah, like, it makes no sense. She barely knows this man. I honestly thought it. I thought at this part, like there was a moment when I was like, "Is she going to go inside this girl's vagina <laughs> and then start to feel like sexual feelings towards her while she's inside?" I was really nervous about that too. <laughs> that would have been more exciting than what did happen. <laughs> It would have been gross and, like, weird. And again, I don't know how to talk about teenagers, but, like, I was like, at least that'd be interesting. Also, the first time that Jordy comes
3: over, Angie is like, we have the room to ourselves. It's like, if they were just making out the whole time anyway, why do they care? Like, you can do that when Ben and Tina are in the kitchen cooking. Like... Yeah. I just
2: cannot believe that people are really waiting in that regard. Right.
3: Um. Anyway, another part of this that drove me absolutely bananas is that the... <laughs> When they are talking about sex, Bella, the roommate, is like... With consent, of course. Of course. Yeah, we love consent. We sure do. If two Gen Zs are talking about this, then it would also be (laughs) fucking weird to them that Angie is hooking up with her
2: professor. Sorry. Right. Yeah. And also that felt like it was just like, they just wanted to remind us that they love when I think that in fact, the show already does a good job reminding us of consent with things like when Sophie was like, I can't do this. And Finley instantly was like, we don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Like those are the subtle ways you can communicate about consent. You don't have to have two Gen Zers looking each other in the (laughs) eyes going, we love consent. Like they're in like a cartoon that's in a sex ed pamphlet.
3: Especially when one of them is in a consent dubious relationship that you put them in. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? Whatever. Anyway. I just feel like
0: Jordan Hall's so talented and it Correct. fucking sucks that this that they've really never known what to do with her beyond being Beth's daughter, which fine. If that was the only role she played on the show, fine. And look, like, obviously I wish that Tess was trans, but like with Jordy, it's just like you want to do a thing where it's only the next generation where like Shane would never be with a trans woman, which isn't true. It doesn't align with, I mean, like Shane's character in the original series would absolutely have dated a trans woman. Yeah. But like even like, fine, you want to, you want to keep that. You want to say that trans people were invented yesterday. Like, okay. like <laughs> then then give it, then make that part of the Gen Z story. Make that be the younger generation. Yeah. And she's dating a trans girl. Like, and to just do this like basic boring shit, like, like stuff that you would see on this, like the most boring sort of like college show, whatever. Is yeah. so, so, it's so, such a bummer. Yeah.
2: Yeah. One thing I did like was that she did say like, She was like, and then you know, you tell him what you want, and Angie was like, and I'll just know what I want because I feel like that's often part of the consent dialogue is that the person on the other end just you assume that that person like knows what they want and can communicate it immediately, and like that's not always the case. And I feel like that was like that was a good sort of moment where it was like Angie being like, what if I don't know what I want? You know,
0: I have one more thing to say, and that is if Angie didn't and Jordy just like made out, and Angie doesn't masturbate, and is this uncomfortable with her body and this unclear what she wants it makes the fact that she is about to enter a sexual relationship and really already has entered a sexual relationship with this man who is like he's my age 28 right like he's like he's at least like he's got to be late 20s and like Mm -hmm. it's just so fucked and (laughs) if the show if the and if the show doesn't know that which i really thought they did i thought they were going somewhere and now i'm a bit scared if they don't know how fucked it is i'm gonna be irate
2: (laughs) they have to know it
3: has to be headed somewhere like i what i would love is i i was gonna say and then angie's roommate is sort of like let's talk about masturbation that's not what she says but it's clear that like Mm -hmm. they're gonna talk about vibrators and stuff i was like okay maybe we're introducing angie to the concept of like her own body and her own like what excites her and that will lead to her being like Actually, I want to explore more with like more people or like more people my age, or like I want to do something more <laughs> casual. I'm already in something really serious after just having dated someone for two years. Like, yeah, that's yeah, my hope, hope for so. where they're going.
0: Um, okay. And finally, we get to go back to a storyline, and I'm interested in, in <laughs> Alice at the movie. Um, she's, she's asking the like woman behind her for advice on whether she's like, Does that look like they're, does it look like they're like, dating or that they're cousins then taylor kisses the woman that she's with and then the, the, the just emmy worthy delivery of this woman who goes
1: well let's hope they're not full blood
0: <laughs> oh, oh i don't know who this actress is but uh, give yeah, her the emmy. guest actor it, sir. emmy pulitzer um <laughs> and then alice does what alice does best and what? causes a scene <laughs>
3: I loved it. No notes. I do think that Taylor could have explained this a little better. Like uh-huh. just being like, I thought we were not exclusive would have really solved a lot of this conversation. It goes on for a really long time, which is I imagine and see annoying to all the
0: other movie. <laughs> <laughs> what movie were they watching? I couldn't tell. It was like obviously an old movie.
2: Only you I... would be able to answer that drew. Yeah. There's absolutely yeah. no way that we would be able to identify a film that you could not identify. I could do one frame from 27 Dresses.
3: (laughs) I would nail it and I think Drew would not. But that's maybe the only one.
0: If you listening wherever you are were able to tell what movie it is or if you worked on the show and you're listening, hi, how are you doing? (laughs) Are you doing anything with this uh, Angie storyline? Let me know what movie it is because I'm curious. But um, yes, Taylor could have explained it better and or been like, let's talk about this outside though for comic (laughs) reasons. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, Um, But i loved oh this is what i'm constantly trying to communicate to people (laughs) dating is dating (laughs) and when you are just starting to date someone you have no i mean you never have ownership over another person but you really have no like you can't be so invested like you gotta you know this is something that i think i constantly see people like not doing well which is like if you're a few dates in even if you've had like three days of sex how exciting like that's really cool that's really exciting maybe in your eyes you're like i'm falling so hard and to find out the person still going on other dates would be hurtful but like they didn't do anything wrong and like it'd be good to not make assumptions about what someone who you have just met is thinking and to like dating's about experimentation and about meeting people and about figuring out what you want and Taylor and Dre are the MVPs of this episode. (laughs) Except
2: that Taylor lied about having to work.
0: I think that if you're newly dating someone, if I said to my girlfriend of a year and a half, like, I'm working and I was actually like doing something else, that's lying. But if I've been dating someone for like a week, and they're like oh what are you doing I mean I guess it is it's not necessary I would probably just be like I'm busy I wouldn't that, like make a lie yeah but that's like, the thing
2: that takes it to I would like, just say I can't I would just be like oh I
3: can't tonight but yeah, yeah that's what makes it like weirdly unkind to me is being like I have to work I have something that I'm that's doing fair. instead of just being like yeah. I can't or I'm busy or I have other plans
2: like right
0: Yeah, that's true. That's, I agree. That's a little tough. That's what I would say. Because I
2: do feel like it is weird to say something. Oh, I can't. I'm going out with somebody else. But I I feel like I would just be like, I can't. And they kind of know what that means, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I very much am of the belief,
3: if you have not had a conversation with the person you think in your head you're exclusive with about being exclusive, then you're probably not. And just go ahead and like have that conversation if that's what you want. But it does not feel great about Taylor's like character that she
2: fully just told a lie but but do you feel like she's breaking up with alice here when she's like you're in this different world and i'm not in it and it's i want to be in my normal world you don't think so
0: she just just says i want to go slow
2: oh i think they're broken up right i thought that i know gretchen didn't think they were broken up but i thought they were broken up and i was devastated for this couple that i'm already deeply invested in (laughs) yeah i was really sad i was like what the fuck
0: (laughs) she literally says though i want to go slow
3: no but she was like I want to turn it down and I didn't know how to tell you and Alice was like well this was a really shitty way to find out and then walks out like I just feel like it's
0: Yeah, and he's like I still I'm not I haven't given up on them yet
3: I love that I hope that the show has <laughs> not hope, either
0: yeah. I do appreciate when when Taylor's like says to Alice like you haven't been normal for so long you can't even see it like you can't right. even you can't even realize which I do think happens to rich people famous people
3: <laughs> fancy people yeah
0: yeah, I bet I bet it's happened to the actors of the original series of The Outward who are back on this show. Yeah. And probably there's like a little bit of meta stuff there. Then we go back to Micah and Maribel, and again it's like the same things we were talking about before. Like there are some fun, jokey moments, like when they're trying to list off Micah's qualities <laughs> and Micah's like, I'm anxious and she's like, You want our kid to be anxious? That got a laugh out of me. Yeah, Yeah.
2: they look at the screen. And one of the things that they can check off there on their thing is that is like bachelor's degree, and they click master's degree, they want the donor to have a master's degree. And I'm telling you, at the end, they end up getting zero results, right? Right. You got to get rid of that master's degree. (laughs)
0: Why do you need someone to have a master's degree?
2: I mean, I personally, I wanted a donor who was really smart because I want to have a kid who's really smart so that we can be nerds together. That's important <laughs> to me. I don't know if is that problematic. Whatever. That's what I wanted, right? I was going to say, even though like, yeah, what you said over the over six feet, like there is something
3: darkly comedic about how changing these little characteristics will just take your options to zero. Like that
2: can be in there. Right. I don't know. I mean, most, I think most couples where they're looking to have a donor who's of a specific race, that ends up narrowing the field so dramatically that that's kind of often all they can narrow it to, which is obviously incredibly frustrating. But I imagine that they would be coming up against that as well.
3: Yeah, that's kind of where I thought they would land when they were like, we want someone who's kind of like both of us was like running into, again, a more interesting problem to Mm. explore is like, there aren't that many sperm donors who are like, of my ethnicity or of yours? Like, what do we do Mm -hmm. about that? How do we, you know?
2: Yeah. There are a lot, but there's not tons. Right.
0: I just feel like some of the least intelligent people I've met have master's degrees. Certainly (laughs) college degrees in general. Like, I just feel like there's no, like, oh, you want your kid to be intelligent? Like, okay, well, maybe like read to them when they're a baby. Like, I don't know. Like, I just am (laughs) like- They give
2: you like, they give you the donor's GPA, their like SAT scores, all that stuff. Really? (laughs) Really? Really? Yeah, and then also they'll, they'll give you an essay. There's also an option you can listen to the donor speaking out loud, which I did not want to do because I was like, there's no way I'm going to listen to a man talk and, and like <laughs> feel affection for him in any way. <laughs> you know, like that's going to ruin it for me, whatever it is. But and, and pictures and stuff. I mean, you have to sign up for like a real account. They obviously hadn't signed up for a real account yet, which they would do if they were really looking because they'd want right. to see pictures. In um, that case, I uh, would opt to read the people who wrote essays. Yeah they have yeah. to answer questions. Yeah. Those that's where
3: yeah. I would start personally in this conundrum. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What I find so fascinating about this is like if you wanted a child like either of my parents, let's say my dad because he's the one with sperm. You you and you picked my dad because you wanted someone like my dad? And then you got me. You'd be so <laughs> bummed. Like, I, how many of us are that similar to our like biological fathers? Like, I just like right. I get certain things, but it does just feel. I don't know. I, I go back. I think finding someone in the art world—that's the move. I just think that that's. <laughs> well, that's
2: that's more expensive, I guess, because all the legalities around it. Oh, interesting. They'll tell yeah. you like getting a known donor is actually more expensive than getting a non-known donor because all the paperwork you have to do with it apparently is really expensive, but I think like, I don't know. They want, like, I feel like Ben and Tina were going for a certain vibe that was kind of made a little, made some sense, you know, yeah in, in terms of what they were looking for. But yeah, yeah. you're not going to find, I think it's sort of like, you feel like as someone who's trying to get pregnant, who's not in a relationship with somebody who can provide the sperm that you need to get pregnant. You're like, well, maybe this, this one silver lining is that I can like pick somebody based on these qualities or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm. Anyway, she should pick a shorty. <laughs> she should pick a 5-3 dummy. <laughs> Gretchen told me to pick a beautiful idiot. She was like, everyone loves a beautiful <laughs> idiot. <laughs> so I was like, okay.
0: Um, We go to Back to the Balcony. Tess says that she let herself think long term. And sit. Shane says that she's not happy. Womp, womp. Yeah. I wonder womp, why. Womp, womp. And uh, Angie's roommate is ordering her a vibrator and this was the one moment where i thought i don't what did? there must have been a line that made me say this all i have in my notes is wait are they gonna fuck um <laughs> i don't but i, but <laughs> I wish i'd ri- i wish i'd written down knowing that that's a controversial that was a controversial feeling i wish i'd written down what line it was
3: i had the same reaction at first and then it ended up being like jokey about them mixing up their vibrators in a way that i was mm-hmm. like that's not what they're doing here it is i think just yeah. what reese said which is that like jordan hall has a lot of chemistry and like is shiny around so many people that i was like oh some interest and i was like no wait no
0: okay so then after that brief moment we go back to the balcony finley has arrived at shane's and lets them out and (laughs) she's like i'll get my stuff and the dog and leave and it's like just go to therapy it's not that hard
2: (laughs) also it's shane's apartment
0: yeah i don't know what's happening there
2: but shane is always the like shane would fully be like I'm gonna take the dog and like a small duffel bag and all of my po- I'm gonna leave all of my possessions <laughs> here forever
0: yeah I do understand that
2: Move. <laughs> we've
3: yes well trod on this podcast is that you and we <laughs> both understand that point of view and I simply do not if it is my mm. house and my furniture I will be taking it thank you
0: uh okay so then we finish the Mike and Maribel story with them not finding a donor which we've already covered
2: we love these after so much as people you know I know it makes me <laughs> that's what makes
0: me st- that, I mean, that is where the frustration comes from. The actors are always not, it's not their fault to me ever.
2: Yeah. Like, Leo is so great. Yeah. And they do such
3: good stuff with the stuff that they have that I get frustrated yeah. that there isn't more interesting stuff for them to do or like
0: more. I, I just. They're yeah. so good that I fully like didn't think about all the things that I'm now <laughs> angry about. <laughs> I was just sort of like, okay, okay, I'm ran yeah. off. Smooth, smooth, smooth. In my
3: friend group, we call this and another thing, like where you (laughs) go see a movie and you kind of have a fun time. And afterwards, you're like, yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And then one person says one thing. And three hours later, you're still going...
2: And another thing about that movie. And another That's thing this about podcast. that podcast. That's this podcast. Yeah. Like w- to one of us will like a scene. Someone else will have a gripe and we'll be like, actually, building off of that gripe, I also hated this. One finger up, like now that you've said something.
0: <laughs> should we have a, and just like that podcast called And Another Thing.
2: <laughs> and another thing, dot, dot, dot. God, I could mm-hmm. yell about that show forever. <laughs> no. Truth be told, this is not the only incoherent show on television. You know, f- far it's from... a really great
0: point.
3: Well, the next scene is literally an, an another thing about this show for me, which is that Angie is going to go with her professor on her weekend.
0: And the music is like inspirational. The music is like yeah. Angie has, has come into her womanhood and her body and is going to go have sex with this man. What? <laughs> no.
2: Bad. No. Bad L word. I hope they listen to his audiobook on the drive. <laughs>
0: oh, Lord.
3: What do the teens call it? Getting the ick. I'm like waiting for Angie to get <laughs> an ick about this man. I have many
2: of them. I hope that Shane and um, Alice run into them at a truck stop and <laughs> neither of them know, but judging it by their own past, if they can make an ethical judgment about the moral morality of this relationship, but eventually they're like, no, you know what? We have to say something. And then they do a <laughs> car chase all the way to, to Santa Barbara or wherever. And then they, they get out and they go to La Jolla and they're like, you can't be with this man. He's your teacher. Beautiful.
3: Put Reese in the room. <laughs> Alice is reading Margaret Cho's book dejectedly in bed because yes, I, I love that she's been dumped and I love the like, the implication that Margaret Cho kind of brought copies of her book to the Alice show. Yeah, it's or signed for sure. Yeah, or like Alice is on the like advanced reader copy list. Like I'm just, yeah. I love it. Um, And Alice's phone rings and she's like, where are you outside? And it's, Shane
0: it's obviously Shane
3: obviously yeah. Shane then Finley and Tess are talking and Finley is sort of trying to own up for the fire alarm fiasco this is like a very to me this is like a kind of like attempt at re- representation <laughs> like she's sort of doing a mini like immediate amends and she's just saying that she you know she like we'll pay what the bar didn't
2: make and she'll like yeah. pay the fine. you know, can, like Finley like, Finley's finances just stressed me out so bad. I'm like, do not volunteer that. You can't afford that right now. What are you going to, what are you doing? Anytime Finley talks about money, I'm like, shh, 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 shh. no, no, no.
0: When she's like, I needed to leave or else I would drink. I was like, maybe th- you shouldn't work at a bar. Like, I don't know. Like just a thought. Like I, maybe you shouldn't be working at a bar because it's, you know,
3: where alcohol yeah. is readily available anytime you have that feeling. Yeah.
2: I was so nervous that she was going to drink. Like, that's why she wanted Sophie to leave. And the fact that she didn't drink, I was like, that gave me so many positive vibes that carried me through the rest of the episode. <laughs> a win's a win, you know? It carried me right up to the vaginal canal into that condom.
0: <laughs> and another thing. I wish that Sophie had said to Finley in that scene, like, you don't have to, we don't have to leave together, but I need to see you get in your car and leave and not be yeah. in the bar. Mm. Yeah, Right.
2: Yeah. Mm. like I don't want to leave you here.
0: Yeah, I don't want to leave
2: you. I don't want to leave you in the room, the alcohol room, in a room of (laughs) alcohol, in the alcohol museum.
3: And Tess suggests that they go to a meeting and I did not understand the like vibe I was supposed to feel about them going to a meeting. There was like weird music underneath it, but I'm happy that that's what they've decided to do. (laughs) Genuinely, personally, I am.
2: So in the interview that we published with Jacqueline, I think like two weeks ago now, Mm -hmm. um, she said that Tess is Finley's sponsor right okay
0: yeah so okay
2: just so we know but i thought that i thought it was nice i thought it was like a nice little thing i agree that i they, liked like going it. to a meeting yeah and then
0: uh we go to sophie's where sophie gives danny ice cream and popcorn which is oh two best snacks <laughs> i and um, Sophie's like, that was also gay. And Danny's like, there weren't enough of us. This is also I, I do think that when this episode ended, I just in my brain was like, Alice causing a scene at the movie, Sophie, Danny, Dre, Dre hot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Like I think that was my experience of this episode. Um, but Sophie tells Danny that she can fuck Dre, which is like, Danny did not need permission, but um, <laughs> Danny's still like, no, I'm loyal. I'm like, what? No. Why? why no,
2: no Sophie wasn't loyal to you but also no Sophie has a girlfriend Sophie hooked up with this person once if you're not going to date someone I mean remember she did the same thing with Bet, like being like making sure it was okay right. but if it was if she felt comfortable dating Gigi with Bet's okay why would she not feel right. comfortable dating Dre with Sophie's
0: okay yeah it doesn't make sense
2: I mean speaking of like choosing qualifications that will
3: narrow your choice your pool <laughs> down to oh, zero boy, yeah in, uh, if you're ruling out in Los Angeles the people who have slept with your ex one yeah. time. What are you doing? Especially when they're all all hanging out at the same bar all the time. That's actually the thing. It's yeah. like if you're making your if you're making a location kind of the locus of your hangs, going to be tough. Yeah,
2: this is what the show is about. The show is about dating your exes, <laughs> your friends' exes and your exes' <laughs> yeah. exes. That's the topic of the program.
0: Danny needs to just Pull a me and just like find someone in another country. It's the only way you're gonna find. Some- I mean, I wasn't. I don't even care about my friends and people I dated and the intermingling and whatever. Like that's not even. But I do think it's probably the only way that you can get around that is if you're like, well, I'm gonna look for people on Instagram who live in other countries. <laughs> yeah. Which, for the record, that wasn't. What, I wasn't actively doing that. But anyways, um, good that you clarified. Thanks.
2: Um,
3: Sophie does say that she had the best weekend with Dre. Yeah which I feel like is in a gray area between she told Finley the truth and
2: she did not. Right. It just feels kind of weird. Yeah. But it does feel like it was nice that it was one weekend. Like it was just a compact. Like that was like, okay, so that's true. It was just right. like one weekend, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of also exciting. All, it's, nice, it's nice to have one weekend with somebody. Oh, I
0: love one weekend mm. with somebody. Those are the best. Yeah.
2: Like I remember being asked like how many times did you have sex with somebody who I had like a weekend with and I felt like, I felt like being like exactly how many times I'm not sure. It's like, it was a weekend.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I agree with that, but it feels, yeah,
2: that was sort of what I thought Sophie might say is like, I can't tell you an exact number, but it
3: wasn't that many. Yeah. Like it didn't mean anything to me. Like that's,
2: yeah. I would have just been like, it was a weekend. So like, you know, right. Several times within that. I would be like,
0: well, there was, there was when she fingered me in the shower. (laughs) And then then, like, I guess we kind of took like a break. And then like a half hour later, (laughs) yeah, like, you know.
3: That is how my brain works. So I actually would be able to account for like all of them. Um,
0: But Sophie does a funny Matthew McConaughey impression. So like, oh, how much can we really, you know.
3: There's a lot of wedding planner stuff in here, which I just love. Again, my my year of romantic comedies. I had already seen the wedding planner, so it wasn't on my list. But I do love that
0: one. Uh, Then we go to... Shane is showing Alice the now viral video of Alice interrupting. <laughs> I think that is so funny. And Shane asks Alice if, if she ever feels like the not right thing of their relationships has more to do with her. And she says, Nope. <laughs> and I thought that was quite funny. I did too. <laughs> cause
2: she, I, I love the confidence. Cause I, cause absolutely as someone who's like a, less, a little bit younger than Alice, you know, I would definitely be like, yes, it's, at this point I can blame no one but myself right
0: <laughs> yeah let's close this out
2: and and then because
3: as we know sisterhood is powerful they have <laughs> a very they have a very cute moment yeah. where Alice is like
0: you want to be the little spoon no one's ever asked me that yeah I'm be the
2: little spoon you get it that felt like a big moment for Shane, realizing she just takes on the role these roles you know without ever really thinking about what she wants yeah yeah i agree and then they're
3: gonna spoon with this dog in between them which (laughs) not tenable not a sustainable
0: situation it is cute but it's very sweet yeah and that my friends is the episode Uh, Well, what do we think about this episode?
3: Well, I feel like we shared a lot more of our thoughts in pod than we normally. Yeah. I will say that, again, like we said, there are individual scenes and like character conversations that are really fun to me and that have like life and zip and excitement to me. Then there are some underlying things that every time (laughs) I think about them, I go, and another thing. And that is a bummer.
0: Good for podcasting, but you know. A lot of banter in the dialogue and I very much enjoyed that and I had a good time watching the episode for the most part yeah (laughs) everything else has already been said I'm excited that Dre is going to be back yeah and I do think Taylor's going to be back I don't think that's done
2: I hope not but I really fear it is because you know because eventually Tom's coming back
0: oh well what if Tom comes back next episode we have like a little moment where Alice gets to realize what she's done you know the mistakes of past relationships and then that cause like Tom's like no you really can like not realize how you are famous and she's like oh that's interesting and (laughs) then she's like to Taylor like I talked to I talked to my ex Tom he gave me pens and now I've realized that I'm ready to be uh, more casual and normal with you
2: oh yeah that could be cute I still want Tasha to come back I don't want to deal with that (laughs) (laughs) what if Gabby DeVoe comes back
0: well that would be fun
2: I love Gabby DeVoe I really do have a real full circle moment, you know, and now look, who look who's on top. Look who's on bottom. Now,
0: what if Gabby DeVoe is the one?
2: Oh my God. I mean, that, that would, would be a fucking
3: twist that would follow this show's ethos of like, you've already met the one perhaps.
2: Right. I think that she thinks that maybe Tom is the one, mm. but how about this? Gigi, Alice and Gigi. Let's get mm. that two some back together. You Let's know, they have a shared again. interest. Nat, <laughs> they have a share they are good at having sex with each other they both wear good outfits like let's just get Gigi back in to alice's bedroom you know
0: yeah yeah is Gigi just never going to be on the show again all of the pe- all of the people on twitter being like hashtag where is Beth porter um hashtag where is Gigi? where is
2: Gigi? yeah i know i'm still i'm fine with the no bad and tina still Same. i think it's good i like that we've let the other characters have more time
3: Yeah. And I really love, Reese, the point you keep making about Leisha Haley, like getting to front the series basically now, like being one of the bigger cornerstones of episodes now is really fun.
2: Yeah, definitely. I agree with my own point there. Genius. As you should, Queen.
3: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Twellenbag Generation Q edition, one of two podcasts brought to you by autostraddle.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Twell and and you can also email us at twellandbackcast at gmail.com. Our theme song is by the talented B. Steadwell, and our Gen Q logo is by Jax Co. This episode was produced, edited, and mixed by me, Lauren Klein. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren Taylor Klein. You can follow Drew everywhere at draw underscore Gregory. You can follow Annalisa on Instagram at analoka with two A's and on Twitter at analoka with one A and an underscore. You can follow the legendary Reese Bernard everywhere at autowin. Autostraddle is at autostraddle. And of course, the reason why we're all here, autostraddle.com. And finally, to end this ep, let's hear some keywords words from our
2: girlies.
0: Three, two, one. Queensland. What'd you say? I
2: said, I said Queensland. It's a, It's in Australia. Uh huh. What'd you say? <laughs> I think I said
3: quadrilateral, and what I meant mm. was quadrilateral. Uh huh.
0: Do you have a uh-huh. reason, or is it just a fun? One?
3: <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about all the various interconnections of, you know, mm. queer dating. Hmm.
0: I said court because I was like, I I could. I'd like a quart of soup right now because I'm very hungry and it's a little and <laughs> yeah. it's a little chilly. It's not really anything to do with the L words. So, but I, I think maybe they would like, you know, you know what I want? I want a quart of ice cream and popcorn just like
2: nice. They probably
0: had a pint because that's more traditional. But let's get a quart, you know?
2: Oh, man, I want Gretchen to make me popcorn because hers is better than the one I make myself. Uh, ice cream.
0: <sighs> I think I think ice cream is for all weather. To loop back around to weather. Let's bookend with weather and excite <laughs> an exciting day until I'm back. <laughs>
3: Woohoo! You know it's big when we're talking weather. Okay. All right.
2: Okay, cats and dogs. Nice. Topping,
0: laughing, moving, fisting, biting, fucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way.